Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 134 Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Royal Pizza. It's the best. Pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50-plus years. For a menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staff recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. And uh, Brendan Escott's a big fan of the Texan. As we welcome back to the show our Inside the Game analyst on the Oilers Radio Network, uh, former NHL player, reinvented himself late in his career, a great storyteller. We welcome back Rob Brown. Hello, Rob. How are you? I'm doing good, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start by talking about the power play. And you played on a pretty good power play during your career in Pittsburgh. Uh, but this was Duncan Keith after last night's game. It's a lot funner when they're on your side, for sure. I mean, it's uh, it's impressive what those guys can do. I've played a while now and, and uh, haven't seen a power play like that before. So it's definitely uh, a weapon of ours, and uh, it's good to have. The Oilers power play, Rob Brown, in 2019-20, finished fourth highest in NHL history at 29.5%, the highest since the 1978-79 season. So they were fourth uh, in 1920, and last year they ended up 14th in NHL history at 27.6%. So the Oilers' power play the last two years have been two of the best power plays in the last 15 years. And none of the power plays, only one from 1990 to 2020, one other team's power play, Tampa Bay in 1819, is amongst the top 15. Pittsburgh, those teams you played with, their power play did not get to the stratified air that the Oilers' power play has been at the last two years. And, oh, by the way, uh, you played on a team that had Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Jaeger. So I kind of put... I had Paul Coffey on my team, too. Yeah. (laughs) We had some talent on that power play. So you know something about power plays... Why is it so damn good? Well, I, I think the biggest reason is every player that is on it has the ability to make a play, and every player on, on the power play has the ability to score at any time. 
And it, that's that's the hard thing for penalty killers. Normally when you're penalty killing, you're trying to isolate one player. When you're playing Washington, okay, try and get in front of the shooting lane of Ovechkin or the passing lane so he doesn't get the puck. Same as when you're in camp, okay, let's not get, let Stamp go, get the shot. So you overload, so you're trying to take away one of their big options. With with the Oilers, there isn't one thing that you can say, okay, if we stop this, we slow down their power play. Take away Leon's one-timer, well, all of a sudden now Connor's going to drive the net, Connor's going to shoot. you got Barry with the slap shot. you got the one-timer from Nugent Hopkins. you got down low to Hyman, who walks out. you got the shot from the point for the tip from the, the, the man-child to the RV standing in front of the net. Everybody has the ability to score. And ev- there's not one player on that unit they can't make a great, smart play. They're all very intelligent people with the puck. The plays, the fact that they've been together now, well, the three of them have been together forever. Barry's been there. This, this is his second year in Hyman or Pugliarvi. I mean, their job is pretty simple to step in and do. It, it is almost unstoppable. It's just a matter of whether or not the goalie makes great saves to keep the puck out of the net or if they get a little bad puck luck. Because as far as executing they just they're just too good so I, I think there's a lot of kill and hope let's go penalty kill and hope that we're able to survive the two minutes and then we can start trying to go the other way i guess what's interesting like i'm thinking back uh when you were in pittsburgh in the late 80s barrasso was there he was six three. he was a huge goalie for mm-hmm. but didn't you guys have like uh was peter angelo there or wendell young i i played with both those guys yeah and they were not big men no, no. Well, when I started out, Jills Malosh and Pat Riggin were my goalies. They were very small men. Right. So it, it's a different world now. Well, and that's what I'm saying about what's so impressive about the numbers. I mean, you look at what Edmonton's done the last two years. They're playing against goalies that are six foot three, six foot four, and teams have video and have meetings on how to shut, like, you know, they're sitting there on the iPad and having discussions. All right, this is what we're going to have to do. There was none of that back in the late 70s because you you played in the late 80s and there was none of that, was there? No, no, we didn't have video. We never looked at anything that happened from the other team until right near the end of my career, in the late 90s. So that's what's so scary. That's why you, you have to admire over the course of their careers, the Ovechkins, the Stamkos, uh, Matthews, McDavid, Dreisaitl, the guys that do things and have success year after year after year because the other team's entire purpose their entire preparation is to try and stop these guys and they watch video and they practice and that's the same as with the penalty killing units that are facing the Oilers power play they've watched every goal that the Oilers scored last year they've seen where they're successful and they have in the entire penalty killing unit is set in a meeting and they say okay here's what they do so they know exactly what the Oilers are doing yet they still can't stop them it's because the Oilers execute too well you can draw up any power play you want that can be successful, but you need the players to be able to execute it. And the thing that the Oilers players do better than any team in the National Hockey League is when they make their passes, they're perfect. When they shoot the puck, it's where it's supposed to be. When they're supposed to be in a passing lane, they get in that passing lane. The Oilers execute better than any team in the league, and then you add the fact that they've got the two best players in the world on their team. Now they've got execution and talent. And we've seen over the last couple of years, it, it is unstoppable. So, Clefbaum gets hurt, calls it a career, you know, didn't play last year, shuts her down this year. He gets replaced by Barry. Now they're replacing Chase on a Neal with Hyman Pulley With all due respect to James Neal, good guy to deal with, Alex Chase on, terrific guy, you know. 
let's face it, Rob, Hyman and Pugliarvi are better players than either of those guys as the net front. You would think the puck retrieval would actually improve. Oh, I agree. Well, I agree. I mean, you mentioned it there, too. Barry is a much better offensive player than Oscar Kleffbaum. Kleffbaum's a better all-round player, but when you're talking about power play, Barry's a better power play guy. He's got a bigger shot. He's a right-handed shot. He sees the ice well. He makes plays. So you're better on the back end with Barry. And up front, yeah, I, I love, love what Chason did. He understood his role. And Neil was very good, great hands in front of the net, but both long in the tooth. Now you got younger guys, quicker, stronger, faster, bigger. Pugliarvi's a bigger man. So, yeah, they, they, it's funny. A power play that's been the best in the league for two straight years has the ability to be even better this year. And we saw that the other night against the Calgary Flames. It's, it, their power play for the Oilers, if any game, if they can stay close 5-on-5, five five, their power play will beat the other team because it's that dangerous. And it's, a, it's as they, we talked about the game the other night, it backs the other team off. It backs their aggressiveness off 5-on-5. Five five. You cannot take silly penalties against the Edmonton Oilers because it, it's a death wish. You're not going to beat the Oilers if you're sitting in the penalty box. Inside the game analyst, Rob Brown, you referred to Yesa Pugliarvi as a man-child. We know the fans love Ryan Nugent Hopkins, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But Pugliarvi is an immensely popular figure in oil country. Well, he is, and for a couple of reasons. One, everybody loves an underdog story. And after Pugliarvi left, uh, he was never coming back. He couldn't play in the league. Uh, he's going to wait to be traded elsewhere. And eventually he, he, he was humbled. He came back. And simple, when he came back, he said, I'm just going to go out there. I am going to earn whatever I get. And he did. And fans appreciate that and respect that. But the other thing, what the Oilers have, R&H, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, incredible hockey players, but very quiet, very quiet demeanors. Like when... When they score, it's like, yep, I scored. The expectation is there. They don't show a lot of emotion. Yessi Pugliarvi plays and scores like any fan in the, in, the, in the building would be if they scored a goal in the National Hockey League. Every time he scores, it's like it's the first goal he's ever gotten in his life. And the excitement shows on his face. And his, and his smile lights up and his eyes get big. And it's like, if I was on the ice, that's how I would celebrate a goal. So I think Jesse Pugliarvi has become every fan. He's living the dream that every fan lives. And they wishes they could live. And I think that's why fans relate to him. They're like, that's what I would be doing after I score a goal. That's how happy I would be. And I think that's why fans love him. Because I don't know if anybody on the Oilers enjoys the game and enjoys scoring goals more than Jesse Pugliarvi does. Yeah, there's no question. It, it, he just lights up the whole building, and you can see the fans are jacked for him. We're joined right now by Rob Brown. Rob, we just had Al May on the show, and we were referencing I, I brought up Jim Weimer last night uh, on the broadcast, and talking about Alex Plant's draft year, and saying that Alex, to me, looked like he had the foot speed of Jim Weimer. And, <laughs> and, and, then, uh, and, then, and then Al told a story that Jim Weimer's nickname in, in the minors was stinky, and that he would often go hunting after practice and nobody wanted to sit next to him because he was putting bear and deer urine on himself as he would or he wouldn't shower after practice (laughs) are there any of your teammates from the minors that are AHL uh, legends not necessarily for their uh, 
personal hygiene, but just guys that were off the charts guys that you'll always remember right until your deathbed about how crazy those guys were. Well, I played with a goalie in Chicago named Ray LeBlanc, and Ray LeBlanc played for the U.S. national team in the World Championships one year, and was was out of this world. Like he he, I think they lost in the gold medal game, but he was incredible. And he there was talk Wheaties. He was going to be on a Wheaties box. He was going to be the next great, you know, American hero. And they're all going to talk about him. But Ray was odd. He was different. He'd be a guy when we played games, all of a sudden you're in the offensive zone on a power play and you would hear howling and he would skate out to our blue line. He was the goalie and he would just start howling because we were the Chicago Wolves. So in the middle of the game, he's out there howling. He'd go to his house for dinner and he would have, he'd bring photo albums out where they always going to show us some pictures of his wife and his kids and stuff. But there was, all pictures of video game high scores that he and his wife would sit at home and they'd get a high score in Nintendo and they would take a picture of it. And they had a whole photo album of every high score they ever had. So things like that. He was the one too, when it comes to hygiene, there was one time where his poor kids got brought into the dressing room because their socks hadn't been changed in a month. And they were wondering what the, the, the fungus was growing on their feet. So come on. Yeah, just rumors that flew around, Bob. But just keep it between you and I. We won't tell anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's uh, I'll never think of Ray LeBlanc the same way after that. Let me tell you, <laughs> Razor. I loved Razor. He was a good goalie that got a cup of tea with the Chicago Blackhawks. Now the so other, yeah, odd. the other the other guy that you've told a lot of stories about over the years was Phil Bork and his <laughs> unique living arrangements that uh, he had with you in junior. Or, sorry, in uh, the minors. In the minors. Well, there's, I remember the very first year I was going to training camp. It was the first day of training camp. And to get in the dressing room, I had to walk around this big Winnebago that was parked in the arena parking lot. And I went down there, and I hadn't heard that Borky had signed with us. It's all excited. And he said, hey, come on up. We'll have lunch afterwards. So I think we're going out to a local pub. And we walk up, and he opens up his Winnebago, and we get in. And that's where he was living. He lived in the parking lot of the arena for the first four months of the season. Twice for exhibition season, we, five or six vets, we got in the back of the Winnebago and we drove to different cities that were around there to play exhibition games because that was the way he lived. Borky was, uh, he, he got caught going through customs once with his and her handcuffs and he got pulled aside like Borky was, he was a legend. My friend Phil Bork. Never forget him. I'm sorry. Is is his and her handcuffs? Is that something that would be purchased at an Adam and Eve store? Is that what you're kind of inferring? Or I I wouldn't know because I don't frequent those stores. But quite possibly that's where he got it while he was in Montreal. <laughs> oh man, that is that is rich stuff. Uh, Brendan Perlini and the Texters are having fun with me because I'm saying he's making a great case for himself to be on the team. Rob, you kind of reinvented yourself as a checker to come back in the NHL after being, you know, for people that are unaware, Rob Brown was the highest scoring single season player in WHL history. Uh, had a 49 goal season in the NHL. And then you were out of the league, even though you were scoring the minors, and then you came back and worked your way back up as a checker. Perlini's doing it a little bit differently. Five goals and six points in five games. Hasn't been on the ice for an even strength goal against. He's putting his best for, uh, foot forward here. You can kind of relate to what uh, he's going through, can't you? I can. I, when I went to Pittsburgh, I was on a PTO, so I was just on a tryout. And the same type of thing. Uh, they had their top six, top nine guys already penciled in. I wasn't going to knock out a Kovalev or a Yarmir Yager. 
I was going to come in, I was going to have to find a spot in the fourth line. And you, you want to be able to produce offensively, but you also had to be very conscious of physical play, of blocking shots, getting into passing lanes, being very good defensively. So those are things that normally it, it were always in the back of my mind. They were never in the forefront. And I'm sure with Bellini it's the same thing. When you're a, always been an offensive player, you tend to, I use the word anticipate, but cheat to the offensive side. You, you wait for the bounce. You think you jump out of the zone thinking your guy's going to get the, the puck so that you can get a breakaway pass. When you're uh, playing on your fourth line, you don't do that. Everything is defense first. You look after your side of the ice and anything else is a bonus. So he had to come in and do that, and he's done that, obviously, with the fourth line not being on any goals against. You add in the fact that every opportunity that he's had, he's capitalized on. Now, he's not going to keep that rate up, but it does show that he does have a bit of offensive flair, and he does have some puck luck, and normally it's guys that are good offensively that find puck luck. He's done everything that was they could ever have imagined. So to me, he's on the team. Now, doesn't mean he's going to be here all year long, but he certainly deserves to start the season here to prove that he can still be an NHL hockey player. Rob, great stuff. Uh, Ray LeBlanc's family has just texted the show as we speak. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk again Thursday night during the Oilers Radio Network broadcast. Sounds good. Take care, Bob. You betcha. That is our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown. It's 149 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Uh, welcome back, everybody. 151 in Edmonton. Thank you to all of you that participated in the show today in Texas. Didn't have time to get all of them. Sunny in Vancouver says, Bob, do you think it'd be smart to extend Pugliarvi long-term at a cheaper cap hit as soon as possible or wait till his numbers are inflated and commands a lot more money? Thanks from Sunny in Vancouver. Remember, Sonny, it, it takes two to tango here. Uh, and we've mentioned this before. Yes, Pugliarvi is now, uh, well, He's still represented by Marcus Lato, who is with Acme World Sports. It got bought and purchased by Wasserman or Connor McDavid's agency, uh, Jeff Jackson's group. So uh, would not surprise me if those guys were not necessarily in a rush to get started on conversations on an extension. They might just want to see how it goes here. I, I, look, the guy brings energy to the building. There's no question about that. He's a fan favorite, and he's poised to have a big offensive season in the next year or two. I think that's an absolute given. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Vehicles are in short supply right now. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin want you to know they do have a full-size Ford Bronco in stock. You can reach them. One of the boys will even send a video for you, or better yet, stop by Brent Ridge where uh, they're taking care of business for all of those requisite needs for in-store visits during these challenging times. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the auto mile in Wetaskiwin. Go out and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang. Tell them orders now. Sent you as we go to list and orders history for New West Travel. And once we get to real travel, we'll have a couple of other roadies coming up for you. Oh, I remember this date way back in 1983. I don't think Brendan Escott does because he wasn't born yet. Not for another uh, 10 or so years. But yeah, this was a pretty important one because Puck dropped on the first Stanley Cup season on this day in 1983. The Oilers beating the Maple Leafs 5-4 to four at Northlands Coliseum. Wayne Gretzky, he scored a hat tr- or shorthanded goal, not a hat trick, shorthanded goal and a power play assist. That began his uh, legendary 51-game point 
point streak. 153 points in 51 games for Wayne Gretzky. I think that one might not get broken. Just going to hazard a guess. 51 games in a row with a point? That's going to be uh, hard to beat. Uh, people were calling John Short's show that night, saying there's no way the Oilers are going to win the Cup because they only beat the Leafs 5-4 at Northlands Coliseum. Seriously, I remember. Maybe not. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports Night from 6 to 8 p.m. What's he got shaking? You will uh, look back on the Oilers' 4-3 win over the Flames last night. Former CFL All-Star defensive lineman and Winnipeg Blue Bombers color analyst for CJOB. That's Doug Brown. And uh, kissing morning man Chris Sheets checking in from Commonwealth Stadium. They've got yards for hope going on right now. Now, do you know where Doug Brown played college? I don't. I think if you type it up, it'll be Simon Fraser off the top of my head. I, I, for some reason, I thought he was an SFU grad, but he played at a time where they were not in the Canada West. They were in the league for a couple of years and weren't. they were good the first year and then not very good the next two or three years. Tomorrow, jam-packed show for you. Brian Lawton, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, started Octagon's agency, uh, now with the NHL Network, uh, will begin his hits every Wednesday on orders now. Provincial Affairs columnist and cult of hockey writer for the Edmonton Journal, David Staples, NHL insider John Shannon will be amongst our guests on the Wednesday edition of orders now. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, Monday through Friday here on 630 Chen. It's 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jay Lynn Nye. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Have a tremendous Tuesday. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.